0: Car Seat Headrest is a moody DIY project led by Will Toledo. Birthing their debut music in 2010, the lo-fi and
1: introspective project thrust itself into the greater indie scene. Car Seat Headrest continues to expand its boundaries with a refined production approach dominated by electronic instrumentation. You're tuned into Roots to Grooves. Yo. You
0: and me won't be alone no more. Didn't mean to interrupt, but we are too excited to be talking about car seat headrest. I'm Jesse, guys. What's up? Welcome in. city across from me, as always, is Jay Purcell, founder good. of Signal Radio.
1: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever Where? you are in the world yes. right now, and wherever you may be, in a car, behind your desk, on the toilet. This is Rooster Grooves. <laughs> yeah, you know it.
0: When it's Jay and Jesse, it's Rooster Grooves. We're talking about Carsey Headrest, like I said. yeah, was a cool opening song, very good track. Yeah, This is uh, my choice for the week. It's mm-hmm. an indie rock band. Um, I guess the... Let me go to my notes before. Uh, William Toledo, or William Barnes. Right. The lead singer. Yeah. It's a band. There's been a couple different people in the band. Um, but let me just talk about the music first. It's, it's like indie rock. It's low fidelity, mm-hmm. uh, lo-fi, indie... How would you describe it from an outside perspective? You, you didn't know who this was before we brought it up this week.
1: No, I didn't. Um, and we'll talk about it as we go on. He's a very prolific guy. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, on Spotify, uh, the first album that I listened to in its entirety was the original version of Twin Fantasy. Because mm-hmm. there's two versions of it out there, but I heard the original version, which is on Spotify. And... Um, I listened to it in its entirety and I got a lot of like, sort of Strokes vibes from some of the tracks on mm-hmm. them, uh, through the vocals and, and yeah, it's like lo fi grittiness, yeah. some like distort, distorted sort of production on
0: every mm-hmm. instrument kind of thing. Yeah, um, totally some like kind of Julian Casablancas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like singing, spoken word, yeah. yelling, growling. Kinda, yeah. Um, and also some yeah. like Lou Reed. Yeah, yeah. Where Julian got it
1: from. That sort of New York kind of sound. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. That's the vibe I got from that first album. And and then I skipped the rest of the discography and went to listen to the most recent release. Uh Making mm-hmm. a Door Less Open. That that was the last album that came mm-hmm. out. And that's very different. There's a lot more like electronic elements on that. Still right. with like the indie rock sensibilities mm-hmm. like the first few tracks are more electronic then it gets a little bit more rock and then and then it sort of interweaves between electronic and mm-hmm. so that was like it's always interesting to see a band that has a large discography to listen to their very first thing and then their most recent thing yeah and like kind of like is it the same is it different like I don't, it was definitely different but it was still had a similar sound so you could tell right. this artist has a different
0: different fingerprint on their
1: sound or, totally aesthetic I, or whatever i, I think
0: yeah. what william does really well in car seat headrest is uses influences and like the feel and the vibe of the influences but it doesn't translate like to the actual instruments being played or like the parts okay it doesn't sound like the influence he's getting it but he's not directly t- but overall vibe wise kind of right like how it makes you feel and how he's putting that into his music and that's how he's able to create something that sounds unique and connects with a lot of people yeah um yeah so like you said prolific is a bunch of albums out yeah um he's done a lot of it himself total diy guy starting you know we'll get into it but it uh, starting in his his room recording stuff yeah he's doing the drums bass guitar vocals creating it all on his own and um, like I said, we'll get into it, but he's he's released a lot of music, yeah. and just really built this career out of nothing. Yeah, totally yeah. DIY. So very respectable. Yeah, um, they've done they've done KEXP. Mm-hmm. They've done late show, right? Still yeah, with Jimmy Burnham. Fallon. Or was it Jimmy Fallon? Yeah, it was okay. Jimmy. Fallon. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, one I of the was one the of the tonight late show. What? What?
1: I think it was Jimmy Fallon because I think I saw a clip of Jimmy Fallon doing the, you know, where he hold up the album as you're introducing the artist oh, yeah, sort right. of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Finalized, yeah. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, where else? I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't pull up my, my notes at the right times or whatever. Yeah. Um, a lot of big music festivals as well. I've seen clips of them playing on massive yeah. festival stages. And um, like you said, yeah. Twin Fantasy, that was kind of the album that thrust him into the critical acclaim limelight. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, across the world, I guess. Yeah. They their influences. I got some influences like uh, Radiohead, Modest Mouse, REM, yeah. Animal Collective, yeah. Beatles, Monkeys, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Beach Boys, mm. Leonard Cohen, okay. who I'm yeah. not as familiar with. I'm a little bit, but not a lot.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah I'm even yeah. less Okay
0: <laughs> Not a lot Have you yet. heard at least one Leonard Cohen track maybe? Uh, have I, you heard of his name before? <laughs> I've heard of the name And okay. I may have listened to the song Or a song But I don't
1: He's like, kind of a little bit uh, I would describe his voice as sullen Sullen Like <laughs> sullen. sad? A little bit yeah It's kind of like uh, Very It's kind of, A little bit like um, Nick Cave But But Less dramatic Okay I think Something like that I don't know Cool Leonard Cohen um, fans Please write I, in and correct us on your yes. description. Of, we'll do an uh, episode on him Just next. from memory. I haven't listened to a Leonard like, no, track for a it's, long time. This but, is not the Leonard yeah, Cohen episode. Exactly,
0: yeah. <laughs> We're talking about Car Seat Headrest. Yeah. So cool indie rock, soulful crooner, indie rock guy, DIY guy. Yeah. Um, and it's impressive. The reason I brought it up today and why I, I like this band is because I like a lot of this stuff and I dislike a lot of this stuff too. Interesting. Um, and that's what kind of drives my wonder and the myster- mysteriousness of this band for me. Okay. There's some stuff that's really good. This opening track that we played was very good. Yeah. You can hear the intricacies of the production, like the chord changes and the song structure moving through as we go through the song. And that was called sober to death
1: from the twin fantasy. Uh, well, the what version we played was off of the new twin fantasy album, 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but that's probably like an accessible song from right. Car Seat Headrest totally. so in terms of song structure and production quality and stuff like that.
0: But, exactly. So yeah. riffing off yeah. what you just said, a lot of the stuff is more low fidelity, recorded worse. It sounds, it's rough to listen to a little bit. Yeah. And it's it's difficult to listen to. This band has 15-minute songs. Yeah, You know, like a six minute song is, is like a short song yeah. for them. So yeah. they're, they're really, I like that they're not scared to just really get into it and jam out and play and get their energy in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, whether, whether you like it or not, I'm, I'm proud of these guys for doing whatever they want. And so when you sent me this,
1: I thought maybe you sent it to me because of the Seattle connection. Oh, yeah. Not at all. No, no, that was just like, you realized that afterwards? Or something. That was a side <laughs> thing. Yeah. So we forgot I, to say they're based right now in Seattle which is crazy. Is like this the first band we've talked about that's based in Seattle? Yeah, yeah. Because we're yeah. Signal Radio is based in Seattle. And I saw uh, they did this type, there's a 15-minute like Tidal uh, documentary on this band, Tidal, the the music streaming platform. Right. Yeah, there's a 15-minute video, shows them rehearsing in Crybaby Studios, which mm. I think you've rehearsed that or been yeah. to. I've been there as well. I totally uh, didn't realize that's where they were. Yeah, yeah. And they got this big room down there because... Crybaby Studios, if people don't know, it's like this underground, subterranean music rehearsal space in Capitol Hill neighborhood. Uh, lots of graffiti everywhere on all the doors. A lot of the bands share tiny room. I've been in a tiny room. And also when I've been there, I've heard other bands playing. Like I don't know how you can like record or do stuff when you can hear it, other people playing at the same time. <laughs> it's not ideal. It's not ideal. But they were... I, I don't know if they still have the space, but mm-hmm. at one point... Um, car seat headrests were rehearsing down there yeah. so and i yeah, did yeah, see yeah. that
0: um i did see the title documentary like, yeah, the three okay, part yeah on youtube yeah yeah i, I didn't recognize crybaby studios so when i was watching i Suck, recognized the cool I- fact the
1: iconic door because the opening shot of that shows the stairs and the door and i took the exact same photo of that like <laughs> years ago and put it on my instagram so <laughs> can we can we put those both on the screen yeah right now? yeah yeah I'll, I'll do here's my photo that i took I, I don't know, four years ago, and then here's the opening shot of the title. Look at that! Uh, Look at that! Uh, there you go. That's why I recognized it. So, so this is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We
0: both we almost have a little bit of a connection. Yeah, I uh, know a little bit of closeness to this band, just proximity wise. Yeah, so that's very cool. Yeah, but we are talking about car seat headrest, indie rock band DIY. Let's play another track so we can get the the listeners to get a vibe. And this and is the track you first heard of the fire right so this is called drunk drivers slash um orca whales killer whales killer whales (laughs) and so it's a little bit of a long one at six minutes so hang in there with us and it this is the what i was introduced to car seat headrest and i it was on a playlist or something and it caught my attention and i went back to it and it's it's one of the songs i I simultaneously like it and kind of dislike it but that's what draws me to it either way all right let's give it a listen let me know what you think
1: I left my keys somewhere in the mess It comes and goes in plateaus One month later I'm a fucking pro My parents would be proud You are tuned in to Roots to Grooves with myself, Jay, and Jesse over here. And that was Drunk Drivers slash Killer Whales by Car Seat Headrest, the artist we're talking about today. And you said that was kind of a love-hate song yeah. for you. Yeah. But why? Explain more. <laughs> uh, just the
0: length, I guess. Really? I 26 don't... minutes? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Uh, I, I I didn't listen to this song. I already knew this song prior to this research week, yeah. you know? Yeah. so i didn't really listen to it this week yeah because i had a preconceived notion of how i felt okay and um i don't know L- listening to it back now it didn't sound as bad as i made it up to be in my head <laughs> but the what i said still um i still vibe with that uh, like some of the stuff that these guys come out with is rough for me to listen to yeah and some of it's it, it just it's like uh we the word wanking. Okay. You know, yeah. like when there's a guitar solo and I don't know, another artist or somebody in our research at one time called it winking. like yeah. just solos or just yeah, doing yeah, stuff yeah. for the sake of doing it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's a little bit of that in some of the songs, but I, I'm i just not coming from a jam band type of place yeah. in music. Yeah. And I know that's a, a place where a lot of people really like to be. Well, so I don't, I don't want to like yuck anybody's yum. I'm just saying okay. for me, sometimes it's a little bit too indulgent in that, okay. you know, or... well i'll give you a little bit of insight from will
1: toledo himself oh there we go this is a little bit out of uh order that we normally do things because this is teens of denial album which is a little bit further on in his his discography before this album he did a almost over two hour over two hour long album called nervous young man mm. which he's, he thought people found it hard to listen to because it was so long the length thing that you mentioned um but he basically said about this album, Teens of Denial, um, on a personal level, I kind of disliked it because a lot of the songs were more interested in songcraft than emotional engagement. I felt like I couldn't engage with it as soon as the album was done. I struggled to make every song a deep reflection of myself and something I can connect to intimately. But that took a long time to come into shape and even though I know what I wanted to do, usually knowing what you want to do does take longer to come into shape, because you have to reject more material. Mm-hmm. I hope I read that correctly. A little, a little bit disjointed flow, but so he was not really happy with. Um, that's that's with very it. interesting. So I mean, I think maybe you're kind of sensing that as well, because, and this is something we'll talk about, I guess. But he he's sort of shifted from songcraft to like focusing more on the emotional. Authenticity sort of Yeah thing. Right, so, right. And so this track Was not really In his own eyes Emotionally authentic so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah so I but, mean very yeah. interesting Yeah I'm not yeah. saying I'm picking up on Exactly what he was saying Yeah It's a, you know Mutually exclusive ideas I suppose Yeah um, Coincidentally Matching up Yeah um, but it, it just, their music exists and it's out there and it's for anybody to experience and everyone has a different perspective. So I, yeah, that, yeah. we're talking about them today because I think it's worthwhile to listen to. Yeah, Because um, I believe like art just makes you feel something. Good art makes you feel something, mm-hmm. even if it makes you feel bad. Right. That's yeah. good art. Yeah. You know, like you see people like, I hate that actor, that actor that plays that bad guy on that TV show. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's the worst. Like that was great acting. <laughs> he did a great job. <laughs> yeah and to make people feel like they don't like you right even oh, in the yeah, real yeah. world right you yeah. know yeah, yeah and and people harbor that and and i don't know it's it's inappropriate to treat somebody like that who's an actor yeah, yeah. but i'm just saying that's a human thing that people feel and they they oh, retain yeah. that with when they it's such a visceral yeah. experience yeah, yeah and then they can take that to another experience so For sure yeah so anyway and and i guess piggybacking off what you said real quick i think he, he he is into the emotional side of the music and he starts with the lyrics a lot of the time mm-hmm. and then writes the music around that. So he's almost like a, a poet yeah. and then putting music to his poetry yeah, yeah. rather than a lot of artists we see making beats and stuff and putting vocals on last. Yeah. So I think that's another cool aspect of his, his writing concept. Now, but I
1: think earlier it was a little different, but... Um... So let's talk about his early years a little bit. Well, right. let's let's yeah. get on back.
0: Let's go. Let's take a flight to the East Coast. We're going to Virginia. Virginia. Where in Virginia should we land? Leesburg. Leesburg? Alright. There better be a good airport there. Never been to Virginia. Never been there. They have a, a nice
1: looks like a nice little town vibe in this photo here. I'll show We're you this. We're going on a field trip. Yeah. It's on the screen as well. It Sorry, looks quaint. Sorry, audio viewers, by the way. You can always go to youtube.com slash s-i-g-n-l to watch the, the videos if you yeah, maybe like we to. should start
0: to edit out this <laughs> this portion
1: for the audio folks Nah, it takes so too we, much time i only, <laughs> only got a certain amount of hours to edit this check time. out, out check the youtube it. check out the
0: youtube it's on there for you guys we appreciate yeah. you all now we appreciate you oh uh, it looks like a nice quaint town looks like it does a nice sunday morning beautiful day yeah uh kind of small town vibes
1: it was yeah it was uh
0: Built in 1740s, it's
1: got some history. It's like a very quaint, sort of old American town in Virginia. Cool, cool. Um, that's where he grew up, and I think he went to high school around there as well, right? Yeah,
0: I um, think I think he, he was in a nuclear family, had a mom and dad, and they had like some tight quarters is the vibe that yeah, I got. Yeah, small house, small house, yeah. and that that's kind of what where our story starts as far as music writing goes. Yeah. So Will, and real quick, Will, Will, quick. Will Will Quick. Joke, <laughs> joke. Um, he goes by Will Toledo. Yeah. But his real name is William Barnes. Okay. So I think I might. I just wanted to make that clear. Do we know where the Toledo thing came in? I don't. From? No, I'm kicking myself because uh, I don't know that. Yeah. We'll look it up on the next uh, music break. Right, yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, close quarters in his family. I don't know how musical his family was, but I didn't hear any information about his parents being musical or very yeah. influential as far as music goes. Not so much, although it did sound like they had a lot of books in the house that were all about, like,
1: music biographies and stuff like okay. that. But he said the curious thing about that is that, like, it, I don't know if it was his parents who did this, but his sister did some of it, is censoring certain things and all these books and albums, like, words and, like, pictures. Like, there's a John Lennon album cover or something like that that his sister had censored or whatever and
0: stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, Just covering...
1: Sound, yeah, like... Covering, like, swear words, cuss words, bad things. So he had, like, a, it seemed like they were had all this stuff hmm. in the house, but it was censored for some reason, which is... Maybe it was his sister just being weird. I don't know. It sounds very strange. I don't know. I have too okay. much information on it. Um, we'll just leave that. it at that.
0: We're just here to observe and learn.
1: Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Yeah, and it sounded like that he he described his sort of younger years, Will, as sort of isolated and Mm -hmm. didn't really get along with other people of his own age Mm -hmm. at school, so he spent a lot of time by himself. But the way he sort of said this is like he dove into music. Like he spent a lot of his time in isolation working on his music. And Mm -hmm. he says he kind of feels like he probably, because he did that, he was like further ahead than most people that would start music because he kind of... Was in his high school years and just spending hours and hours, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, trying to write music. He said he wasn't. He was very like sort of um, studying other artists that he liked. Um, they might be giants. I think was a was a group that he mentioned. I haven't. I've heard the name. I haven't.
0: Don't really know much, too much about They're them. But somewhat legendary, I think. Yeah. But I've never gotten. I've never yeah. dove on in to see what they're about.
1: They might be giants. I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, but he said he basically would like listen to like that band and a lot of other groups and just start starting studying the music and trying to like figure out his own way of interpreting those songs mm-hmm. and or, or coming up with his own things based on the sort of cool progressions he was hearing and stuff like that. Right. So it seemed like basically like most of his like – teenage years
0: and that he was just really in his own world doing this whole music thing and mm-hmm. um yeah. i mean to yeah. go off that I, I know in junior high and in high school he was playing in a student symphony band okay and yeah. so that's where he got a little bit of you know music theory right knowledge yeah to, to propel him yeah. to, as a foundational you know right education yeah and so I, I, yeah. as far as i know he started writing songs on his computer in his room yeah, I think that was the other thing he said because I think
1: he was like, uh, you know, a lot of the music he was listening to were bands and stuff like that. But he didn't really have band members to play with. But he had his computer, and mm-hmm. so he he always saw the music he was making a bit differently. Um, I think he even said a lot of his original material was more like loop based. Mm-hmm. Um, like he mentioned, like it's almost like hip hop sensibility, even though his music doesn't have any of that sort of sound or anything like that like not in that kind of genre I don't feel like at least but uh, from a computer perspective he was he was doing it more like from a loop kind of sort of approach so like yeah I mean so it's kind of funny that he's sort of his music sounds indie rock sounds like a band like even some of the earlier stuff right considering he's just basically a bedroom producer yeah
0: Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and gives it a very yeah. band feel. Yeah, yeah. Very indie rock. Yeah. Um I don't know what the daw he was using or the specific equipment, but I think mm-hmm. he had like a built-in microphone software type thing. It was like a, oh, yeah. a like a recording bundle I think it was package. M- Microsoft Audio Recorder or something like that. Okay. Or something like that on his I guess a PC. Yeah. I'm guessing. <laughs> guess I'm, I yeah, I don't know the specifics. I wish I did. That's the information I was able to find. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, like you said loose um like loop Loop. Cannot, loop is the word. Loop based yeah, yeah. improv. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then kind of putting things together. And that's how that first a- twin fantasy album was made. Yeah. And, and I got, um, yeah, go ahead. No, just before we get um, too far, I guess I think he graduates high school and yeah. that's when he starts like pumping out music. And I, yeah. so he built, he built like five albums. Yeah. They were all called one, respectively, one, two, Three, yeah. four, and five. Yeah, yeah. Like one was the album number, two was the album number. Yeah, yeah, or name. I'm sorry. Yeah. So that was, they all came out in 2010. Mm-hmm. I think he just graduated high school. I think he pumped all those out and posted them on Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of the, um, I don't know, the first, the genesis to his project. And I, I know Car Seat Headrest was, a side project. He had another project. Do you know what it was called? I can't remember. Oh no, I don't. I didn't see anything about this. But okay. Okay. but he was yeah. he was doing a couple. It was like car seat Let me just calm down. <laughs> calm down. Jeez Louise. <laughs> okay, we'll edit this part out. He had another project, yeah. and I can't remember the name. Mm-hmm. But car seat headrest started as a side project for him, and just ended up being this big creation. Right. And he started pumping out a lot of music, and yeah, eventually formed a band and we know that's why we're talking about them today yeah yeah Yeah, i mean uh, i think he yeah he was just sort of being prolific and i
1: think uh, i think he sort of thought about um pink floyd is like another inspiration of his and mm-hmm. and throughout car Seat heads rests discography you'll see there are certain really long tracks like 16 minutes 15 minutes mm-hmm. like um on different albums and he, the way he sort of described that was basically that Pink Floyd's an inspiration to him. And he said, what he learned from them is how that they have so much conviction in their own musicality and artistry that they it basically, when they create the music, they just, they're kind of like seeing where the song goes. Like, they're not thinking about like how long it should be. They're thinking about like you know, the music that they're making and, like the, and where the, the energy is. Yeah. And the next part its kind of like the story. It's like, you know, where should it flow next? Is it ready to end or should it like carry on? Mm-hmm. Like, and just kind of in, getting out of your head and trying to sort of go with the, the vibe of that right. song sort of thing. And that's something he really like mentioned and, and that's something he like internalized really early on, I think with this stuff, um, which is not only why he has the long albums, but how, why he has like so many albums, <laughs> like, before yeah, like officially that. being signed mm-hmm. and anything like that because he was basically just pumping out songs and 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 putting them out and releasing them on Bandcamp mm-hmm. and like uh i mean it's crazy like i don't know to like i think like maybe a lot of people probably make the same amount of music as him but don't release it like and like, yeah,
0: to, yeah to go off that yeah. maybe maybe he shouldn't have released these first five albums you know yeah. Uh, and I, that's a little bit of a diss, a little bit of a joke, because I think it's great. Yeah. But don't you it, think it, it's I'm, sort I'm, of played into
1: him being the sort of level of success he has now and the label? Do you think that would have happened if he hadn't? No, 100%. Really, that's, yeah, that's yeah. again, yeah, this yeah. band
0: t- tears me in two. Okay. Yeah. And I have these different perspectives on, you know, like, He's a wow. polarizing artist. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's, <laughs> and that's why it's, it's a value to talk about and learn right. about this guy. Yeah. Even if 100% of his discography like really turns me on musically. Right. Um. Uh, yeah. So that's why we're talking about him. It's really cool. So yeah. maybe he shouldn't have released those albums, but he did. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a huge value to his career. Yeah. Because he had that, that resume out there in public. Yeah. And people could see his growth. Yeah. And see where he came from and seeing just that he's able to put in a lot of work and pump out music. Yeah. So, I mean, the other thing he said about this himself is that he
1: values and respects, like not just musicians, but film directors that uh, you can see the progression of their, uh, not just career, but their art talent Mm -hmm. over the years through the stuff that they, they've released. And I think he said, that's the reason he, I think he pulled one album that was on Bandcamp. I'm not sure why copyright Mm -hmm. maybe or something like that, but the rest of them are up there. And he said, the reason he left them up there is because he didn't want to hide and I think he, because he's progressed now as an artist and he kind of wants people to know like, oh, there was all this stuff that came before, you know? Yeah. And maybe some of it's not good. Like, and I think he, Mm -hmm. he knows that himself. I don't think he's the last person to say all of his stuff's
0: great. I think he'll he'll actually acknowledge like a lot of his earlier stuff wasn't good, but and I'll kind of interject with some of our creative mindset portion of what we like to talk about in here, uh, because one of the things that he did say is that he likes to or or the way that he thinks about music is like it's not finished, like or art in general, it's never finished, and so you know he he re-released this album twin fantasies yeah we, oh, we yeah. not just re-released but re-recorded everything yeah. and we'll we'll talk about a little bit more later but I, I just really like how he respects the art and even respects his own bad art yeah that it should be it should be part of the story yeah and all of this is part of his narrative and he puts narrative like as a concept into his music Yeah, like with twin um twin twin fantasy being like yeah. a concept album yeah and then having these really long songs how are you? talking about where's the song going to go yeah. how should it end should it end yeah um so i just I, I like how this guy's putting cool concepts philosophies and narratives into music yeah to to communicate emotions and try to figure himself out right yeah yeah um so just he's a very artful guy and thinks about it yeah. in an artful way and I, he respects the art yeah. and the process yeah i think that's cool
1: well i feel like we should play a song maybe off of twin fantasy although it was like out of not the order i had or should i just play the track i had lined up anyway?
0: no let's let's switch it up because <laughs> okay. I, f- I feel like we're on a twin fantasy vibe okay this yeah. came out november 2011 yeah like, like i said it's kind of a concept album yeah and was influenced like you said by pink floyd yeah and i think it was about a relationship that he was going yeah. through yeah yeah um so yeah i don't know well let's listen to it and we'll talk about it well, we'll since we're talking about long
1: tracks this track is called famous prophets stars in brackets it's a 16 minute long track but we'll we'll play a bit of it and then come back we'll play a clip yeah to future me's and you's But I can't help feeling like we're through The ripping of the tape hurts my ears In my years I've never seen anyone quit quite like you I was waiting for it to take a turn. I was like, it's keeping my interest. <laughs> it was pretty good. I was huh? like, this is the moment where it's like venturing into the, getting to be 16 minutes. Yeah, long. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, we're, we're going in deep here. <laughs> okay. It's good though. Famous profits from the 2018 version of Twin Fantasy from Carsey Headrest here on Rooster Grooves. Um... Yeah. So the thing about this album is there's there are two versions of it. There was one that he did in 2011 by himself.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, but yeah. the track you played was off the 2018.
1: That version, yeah, it was off the 2018 version. And the differences that I've heard some people say is basically he, uh, not it wasn't just re, performing the songs with a much better production quality, mm-hmm. but I think he also like tweaked like the compositions and the lyrics a little bit there's some updates made yeah basically because it's like the thing we were talking about before we play that track was like should he or shouldn't he have released all of this stuff on Bandcamp? you know but throughout his career he's like recycled songs mm-hmm. or recycled parts of songs like mm-hmm. the hooks lyrics he makes like references in his new lyrics to old older lyrics and it's all sort of part of it like some people said it's kind of easter eggs for like his fans or whatever it's like mm-hmm. oh he did this Right. Back then, but I think for him personally, like you know, I think he's very aware of his evolution as an artist, yeah, and how he's getting better and how he's learning more and how he wants ha- how he in a certain way wants to revisit these old ideas mm-hmm. that he did previously, but it's like, well, now I know because you said earlier like art is never finished. He never sees anything that's finished. Yeah. So like now with like your new hindsight, you can go back to this old track you wrote and like make it better. Like mm-hmm. I don't know too many people that do that but right or anyone like artist wise but like I feel like yeah, most
0: artists yeah. kind of subscribe to the way of thought of like put your thing out and then don't touch it ever again and that's, like, it. that's it yeah, yeah. Um, and that's it's whatever you want to do yeah like, you again, that's do why I, it's your material you wrote it like, there's <laughs> nothing <laughs> wrong with re-recording something or re-releasing it no do whatever you want and that's why I like that he's doing whatever he wants yeah. Um because I've heard most artists will, you know,
1: like a track they've released now, they might, might have written 10 years ago or more. Yeah. But they didn't like, they were like, oh, it was kind of good, but I didn't really figure it out how to finish writing it or whatever. Or, And then, then they'll figure it out later and, and put it on an album. But mm-hmm. with Mr. Toledo here, he, he's like really already
0: released it way back in the day. And now he's like, here it is again. <laughs> I, I think uh, it is a cool thing to do yeah. though. I think yeah, when you yeah. look at his discography from an outside perspective, yeah um, once everything's released, especially when when maybe he's done with his career, yeah. uh, it, like there are Easter eggs, and you can kind of put these little things together and it makes his whole presence yeah. for his music kind of more engaging. There's yeah. a lot of little things to put together. Yeah. Easter eggs, like he said. Um, but it is, it's a narrative and you can see the progression and see the narrative of, uh, you know, the process moving forward. So I think it's, yeah. it's a cool thing to do, even though I, I might not do that with my music. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. If it, everyone do whatever you want and it's all good. That's yeah. all I have to say.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, so he did all of this, all of this band camp stuff uh, through after he graduated high school, he went mm-hmm. to college university i think he changed universities he didn't have a good time at the first place he went to i don't know the details other than that um but um he did eventually get signed to matador in 2015 and so the so he he did like i guess 20 twin fantasy the first version 2011 was probably his first maybe real-ish album after all of his band camp stuff. That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah. Is,
0: was why that, why Twin Fantasy is significant.
1: Right. Right. And then he followed that up the year later with Monomania, which I, do you know Monomania is a real saying?
0: Um, It's, it's a word. I think I had yeah. looked it
1: up. Do you know it? Yeah. I think it's, it's basically to be like a, enthusiastically obsesses about one thing. It's, it's, my God, no, I can't do the words. Enthusiastically <laughs> obsessive about one thing. Okay. Yeah. Monomania.
0: Nice. Thing. Bring the vocab game to the table. <sighs> yeah. And then uh, he does. So, and the only thing I have on Monomania real quick is yeah. that Twin Fantasy was like a being in a relationship album. And then right. Monomania was kind of the other side of that. And it was more of a breakup album okay. after that relationship. Right. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Narrative. Yeah, Again. Coming I, into
1: play. Yeah, yeah. Exactly um He did a few other things, but the Nervous Young Man was like his album before he got signed to Matador, and that was the, the over two hour long album, two hour long album. Mm-hmm. And then so he gets he does Teens of Style, which is his first signed thing. But again, it's about recycled because I think a lot of the songs on that track, I don't know if he re-recorded them, but I, I think he might have re-recorded. Them. I think
0: same thing, kind of re-recorded
1: re- yeah. a little bit of updates. So it's like a compilation of like. Select tracks that he'd released throughout all those different albums mm-hmm. up until that point, and that was his first Matador release. And then, yeah, Teens of Denial was like the one that people didn't like so much. And then he redid Return fancy. So it's taken a while, like, to actually like come back and to do like original original
0: albums for I, Matador. I think it seems like,
1: like right. Real quick, yeah, I'm
0: yeah. I'm not sure if I got something wrong, but I thought Teens of Denial was the one that people do like. Oh, well, there was, he does, he's not so fond well, of it. There was like, Teens of Style. Teens of Style, yeah. And then Teens of Denial, I think, yeah. had some pr- pretty good like critical acclaim.
1: I think, though, like some of the things about that were like, people said the lyrics were really dark and mm-hmm. cynical or something on that album, right. um, which is what some people don't like about it. But, um, but then this one reviewer was like, well, I think a lot of... Maybe the, their fans are of are, are that same mindset. anyway. Oh, yeah. so, oh, you know the Seattle slash your wrist type indie rock music. So. I
0: don't, I don't know if it was the same interview you were talking about, but yeah. I think what, an interview somebody had made a comment yeah. like, "I'm, I'm not sure about yeah. the the mental health state of the audience of this band." <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so whoa, like, okay. Um, you know, yeah. yeah. Anecdotal. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but I thought everyone says this album's good, "Teens mm-hmm. of Denial," regardless yeah. of what he what will says about it right but i think this was the album that got him on Tonight show okay, with jimmy yeah. fallon yeah, yeah they got tiny desk yeah and they were on kexp here in seattle right yeah, yeah so pretty significant jump for them as far as you know acclaim in the industry yeah so they're doing good and so
1: i think, i guess the thing we forgot to say at a certain point he was still in virginia after he like left university and he started to uh, continue to release and write this stuff and that's where the name came from right
0: mm-hmm. Car Seat Headrest yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to bring yeah, that up too yeah. you just we're on the same wavelength yeah, yeah cool yeah I like it <laughs> so name is Car Seat Headrest he's in his room we're, we're kind of jumping back to the beginning of the story a little bit. Just because we forgot, I forgot. Yeah. We're here jumping we are. back a little bit. Yeah. This is how we do it. We're just yeah. all mixed up. We don't know what we're doing. Also, this,
1: this leads into the Seattle connection a little bit later okay. on. But yeah. No, so we do know what we're doing. So exactly. we do. Yeah, we have a, Come on. we have a structure.
0: Here. Yeah, we have a format. <laughs> We've planned this. So Car Seat Headrests, um, he's in like his little home studio. Mm-hmm. He's making music and it's Tight Quarters so his he can like his family he knows they can hear everything that he's doing Mm -hmm. like music singing lyrics and he's kind of like i think you mentioned he's a little bit of a shy person Mm. a little maybe probably introverted maybe a little bit i don't want to judge um without knowing but i don't think he wanted he didn't want it's kind of a vulnerable thing when you're doing vocals especially it seems like for a lot of people yeah and it's a very personal thing. And you're saying things in lyrics and it's like poetry yeah. and not everyone's comfortable with everybody hearing that. Yeah. So that's kind of how he felt is what I understand. So he was like, he wanted to find somewhere else to go to mm-hmm. record these vocals. Yeah. A great spot is a car. Right. So yeah. he went into his car in the driveway. Yeah. A car is like low key, a great, it's like a vocal booth. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's padded with soft materials. Yeah. Angled. It's actually low key, maybe a good place to record vocals. Yeah, yeah. If anyone's out there looking for a stu- little studio, yeah, just do it in your car. Yeah. <laughs> get in the back of the SUV or whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, inside the car, he was just in the back seat. And so straight ahead of him is a car seat headrest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the end of the story that's, right there. That's it. That's where the name came. <laughs> I'll see a lot there. of buildup for a, a minimal <laughs> payoff
1: at the end. But, yeah, I mean, the the thing to say, though, is, like, yeah, he was doing all this by himself. um, And then, like, after he left university, he moved to Seattle. Mm. And he basically just put an ad in Craigslist. And that's how he got the other two band members that joined him uh, to form his first live band. And his first ability to, like, play these songs out live and go on tour. I think, like, he might have already had the Matador deal or been close to getting it at that point as well. Mm Um, because when those guys joined, then they all went on tour, um, and like, and that's like the other part of the story, right? Mm-hmm. For
0: all of these artists, is going on tour and doing all that. Yeah, right. Kind of thing. And real quick, yeah. I, th- I think it's kind of funny because I think around two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, yeah. I had moved to Seattle, and I think I put a, a musician uh, like search on Craigslist oh. for myself. I was like, you, Hey, I'm trying to play. See this? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I did. I responded to some people. Okay. And people were hitting me up a little bit. I never hooked up with anybody seriously. Right. Um, But I wonder if I scrolled past Will Toledo's message somewhere in there. You could have been in car seat as well. I could have been, yeah. I don't know. Do I want to? (laughs) I don't know. I'm just... I love it. I love it. Anyway.
1: But, um, yeah, that was his first two band members. And there's been a lot of people that have come and gone since then. Because he still um, writes all of the music himself, he did stop producing, I think at a certain point and has allowed, had other people produce the albums and a lot of the touring. So they're like mostly touring members, but I think they are maybe like part of the band now, the other musicians. I like, think two yeah,
0: or three of them got yeah. kind of officially added. Right, yeah. um, In the last couple of years or so. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, and
1: yeah, I mean, they're all, they're a really good band. Like if you ever see any clips, online Mm -hmm. from different years even with the different lineups they seem to like have a really solid live sound happening yeah the npr clip i saw was really funny because all the band members were just sitting on the floor with no instruments listening to him like wail on an acoustic guitar (laughs) yeah didn't the drummer have like a little mini drum set or something weird i I didn't see the entire performance i just saw one short clip of it Mm -hmm. so i don't know what the full performance is like but and it was a little bit abrasive. Like, he was just basically going... Like, on the guitar
0: and all that. Yeah. I was
1: like, whoa. I don't, well, know. That, yeah, that's, I, I
0: don't know if this is good or not. I don't know. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's the point of why I wanted to bring this right. up. Right, yeah. And that's yeah. The, how I feel when I listen to this band. Like, yeah. uh, is this good? Like, yeah. that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. But I think if you're listening to something and you're asking yourself if it's good, yeah. I think that's it's good enough to listen to and it's good enough to make you question it. Yeah. That's good. I mean...
1: I well I was I, I meant to mention this earlier about love hate songs there's this song that I like to listen to but I hate it at the same time I think it's called Passion Fruit by Drake mm-hmm. I, I like I heard, I was doing some work once and a part, a part of this project these people had put this playlist together and that was on there and I was like listening to it and I was just like this is a really weird track I was like I kind of like it but I don't like it at the same time I don't fully like it I don't it. fully like it yeah um, anyway, I just want to throw that out there, but it's, it's a weird, it's a weird <laughs> thing. I think it's cool, but I think like, um, car, I, for the most part, I like what car seat headrest are doing. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard the rawest, the rawest shit, the raw, da, R-A, the, the rawest, raw, raw that's a, a hard word a for even, w. even for an, or yeah, an yeah, English yeah. accent. Yeah. The, uh, the rough early stuff. I haven't. The roughest. The roughest. I haven't heard a lot of that, but. Um I definitely think the first Twin Fantasy version mm-hmm. was pretty good. The second version is more like stadium rock produced kind of in a yeah. way, Like which is not bad. It's just different than the first version. Right? Yeah.
0: And that's kind of where we're at in the narrative. So we yeah. did come out with Twin Fantasy, yeah. re-recorded everything with some updates to the structure and musicality, yeah. music itself. Yeah. And I don't know. I think I, I think it this record is also seen as a very good record. Mm-hmm. Like it's a step up from the original Twin Fantasy. Yeah. Most people would say just the production. It just depends on what you like. Obviously some people like that really really low fidelity, rough real sound. Yeah. Um, you know. But uh, it's cool yeah. that he put both out there. So if you like the more raw one, you mm-hmm. got it. If you like more polished one, you got it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even realize there were this I mean,
1: on first listen Because it was the first time I heard the songs I didn't correlate the two kind of Right thing. But like um, But I definitely like The first version Because that's where I got the Strokes vibes From like the totally. first version of it But um, and I, No doubt they were yeah.
0: There's ser- certainly Some influence in there somewhere Yeah I also hear a lot of Beck In his
1: voice Okay reminds me of Beck I can hear that And a little bit of Radiohead In some of their songs As well Radiohead's definitely An influence Yeah yeah I was hearing that on this track as well, hymns that I picked from the most recent album. It says remix, which is strange. Like, did he remix it himself and put it on the album? I
0: think in this kind of music, a remix means like rewrote, Okay. rehashed out, like some parts mostly the same, but a little bit different. Well,
1: can we spin it a little bit? Because this really reminds me of like Kid A a little bit in some ways. What is this? Um, what track is this? From where? It's called "Him." It's, it's called "Him" remix, and it's off of the m- most recent album, "Making a Doorless Open." Nice.
0: remakes from car headrest tom york vibes i mean uh, you can hear it in the vocals <laughs> that's what i'm saying yeah. like you could, it sounds like almost a similar tonality yeah i don't know if he's you know maybe he's trying to sound like that a little bit i don't know but generally yeah. the track sounds very cool yeah yeah it's it's totally different yeah. from their early stuff yeah um you that's, know like yeah. the sounds the you know it's obviously more synthy stuff and mm-hmm. processed stuff yeah. Um, but the the still the weirdness is still in there. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he still brings that oddball energy in there. And yeah. I don't want to use words like weird or odd. I'm mm-hmm. using those words in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, creative, I should say. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's cool how, it's cool to see the progression. This yeah. album is quite different. It's electronic. There's a lot more ambient sounds, synth, ambient noise. Yeah. And it's a little bit of a different vibe, but same vibe. Yeah. So I like that stuff. Different approach. I think he uh, was messing around in Ableton,
1: okay, and doing a lot of more of that type of stuff. Um, I don't know what this whole like mask situation is that he's like going around with. I don't know if you saw this. Like
0: his. Well, well, like on the Spotify, he's wearing like a gas mask or something. Yeah, a gas mask
1: with like lights in the eyes holes, and he like he seems to be wearing it in a lot of these videos and the and pro, the promo for this album and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, I don't know.
0: I mean, he's I trying know. something new. <laughs> yeah. He's going to he's going to be like Daft Punk next. Exactly. Maybe he he's is Daft Punk no, yeah. <laughs> think it's so. It's always been he's Will He's always him. been him. <laughs> Will Toledo
1: back when he was like 5 years old. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Daft Punk's, Yeah, that doesn't doesn't make any sense.
0: Uh so I mean that what year did that come out? This just came out. 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Which I just feel like we're still in 2020. So that's why it feels like it just happened. Uh, yeah. That, that was two years ago. Damn. So, but time. Basically, that's all I got on car seat headrest. Yeah. They're definitely, yeah,
1: polarizing to some people. Mm-hmm. Um, not, uh,
0: it's like acquired listening. You know, it's interesting. I mm-hmm. think, I think. Um, yeah, it's just not easy listening. It's not like easy jazz no. that you're going to hear while you're shopping at Macy's or in the elevator. No. You know? They are
1: like some tracks that are maybe close to that, like
0: the one we open with, Sober to Death. Yeah.
1: But uh, like for the most part, this. I mean, basically this reviewer that's on their Wikipedia said it probably the most accurate way. Describe them as moody and introspective lo-fi pop tunes that are melodic but structurally ambitious at once. Yeah. I guess that's a positive way of saying it, structurally ambitious. Structurally, <laughs> I love that. Uh, we, we have to steal that. Stru- <laughs> no, you're just not getting the song, man. It's just structurally ambitious, <laughs> that's all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, because yeah, you heard it on that one track as well. That We started to play the, that long 15-minute track from... Uh, mm. Twin Fantasy. There was a moment in there where it had a guitar line, and it just sounded like they just pressed mute on the, like harsh, abruptly, yeah. just like muted right. it, like and that was it. it was like, there's lots of interesting things like that. So it, if you like like that kind of thing, or you mm-hmm. just, or you just get into his world, and the, and I think this is why it's good about to go back to like listen to albums, especially for this artist. Like if you can follow the the album, dive into each album from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to get some interesting
0: journey out of it, I think. Right? It's, I mean, it's, it's much... Yeah. Even yeah. though every one of his albums is not really a concept album, yeah. by definition, he is putting concepts of his philosophies and narrative into these into this music. And that's, yeah. that's really what the crux of... Like, the uniqueness of what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. And it comes across, yeah, I think you're going to get more out of this if you listen to the full albums. He's not making really good pop songs that just give everything you need in there. And it's nice, you know, wrapped up presentable. Yeah. Um, a lot of the stuff, there's just oddball, like guitar stuff is just left in like little mistakes or little quirky parts Mm -hmm. are still left in there. Stuff sounds like it just cuts out sometimes comes back in. It's, it's oddball, but it's very good. And it's, it's unique all the way through. Yeah. So it's, it's a high value. Listen. Yeah. Um, if you could, if you could bear it all, but some of it is difficult to listen to. Um, but look at it as a as a challenge. See it
1: as a challenge, which kind of makes his tight ty- his band name a little bit more ironic now, right? You can't mm-hmm. see headrests. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're gonna need a headrest
0: after you listen to this.
1: Well, good episode. There were some interesting things in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like the fact that he, uh, like, does a little bit of that experimentation. And I think one thing I read about, I forgot to say, was just about how in earlier his earlier music he was doing more of um uh like kind of like more concerned about song structure and like he said his lyrics were like an afterthought it was it was just like he was just michael stiping over it he said oh yeah like throwing out random words and stuff um but the one thing he did say at a certain point is like uh, the songs that he spent more time lyrically on were the ones that he ended up personally liking more himself, mm-hmm. and so he realised like throughout his career as he was doing this that he should do more of that like you know emotional writing, real <laughs> lyrics instead something of something like, he actually yeah. can engage with yeah. emotionally. Yeah, and so like he has different things now where he'll say like he'll write you know something and but it, but he knows it's not finished, and so he will like leave that for a while until he can figure out a way to finish it like Mm -hmm. lyrically kind of thing so he does do that and doesn't just release it like but you know um but yeah he's sort of you know he's definitely like progressed out in the public with his music um but and in his interviews he's sort of describing this as well and so it's kind of interesting to see where he's going now it's like it's more like he realizes that he wants to be a genuine artist because he said like that's who he grew up listening to was mm-hmm. genuine artists and he says for the future he just wants to stay true to himself and they get not get swept away with like self-congratulation or anything like that mm-hmm. right. um, and just and focus on the emotion and the lyrics and stuff like that so yeah i don't think that's how he started and a lot of his like earlier stuff is very rough in that regard and but he's like learning out in the open and no, it's all there for us to listen to like, it's crazy
0: yeah 100 yeah. percent. no i love what you just said it, it, it it really describes how you can see the growth. Yeah, it's just really cool to see an artist, you can like go through the discography and can you can feel the difference. Yeah, and and look about look up this guy look read about him you know, um it's it's interesting and I I certainly got value from this band which is why I wanted to bring it up on Roots to Grooves, and I think this was a valuable conversation, yeah. as it always is and I think we always learn something new. Yeah, so very cool. That's Car Seat Headrest guys William Toledo. Out of Seattle. I did look it up. They played in April 2022, so we missed it. Ah, just they played just Neptune a few months or, ago Yeah. Yeah. So, bummer, but go see oh, them. Yeah. If you guys have any cool stories about car seat headrest um, or some lame stories, or if you want to say if you love it or if you hate it, or if you love me or if you hate me or Jay, <laughs> probably love Jay and hate me. That's how it, everyone says that. I don't know about that. Uh, no, I'm just we kidding. You, we just hate we hate
1: your podcast <laughs> from beginning to end. Yeah. We listen to every episode in its entirety. Well, thanks for we commenting.
0: Just, yeah, yeah. But anyway, hit us up at the email, Jay. <laughs> I was, I was <laughs> That's your cue. That's your cue. You gave me a cue. I was reading the, the title of the song. It threw me off. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you we, got any <laughs> if you got anything for me or Jay, hit us up at the email. Jay. Roots to Grooves
1: at signalradio.com s-i-g-n-l-radio.com the other night i cried while thinking of having sex with you not out of desire or shame but some subconscious impulse to feel pain i wiped my tears on my face and neck and the back of my ears and said now it's sweat now it's sweat it's sweat now